0: Blog Talk Radio, Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, this is Dr. Nefertiti Noel. And I'm Darren Noel. And we're here for Relationship Wednesdays on Powerful Radio. So for the new people tuning in, I am. Um, my name is Dr. Nefertiti Noel and I run a thriving private practice. We are full service behavioral health. We do everything from... Um, public speaking, documentary filmmaking, to individual, group, and organizational therapy. And uh, I'm
1: Darren Noel, and my background is in corporate America. Here in New Orleans, I focus on life coaching and career counseling.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, this month of February has been kind of interesting um, because it's really a month that people try to focus on love, primarily because people think Valentine's Day is one of those focal points. But the first week, we talked about um, stop kissing frogs. So. If someone or something, or something someone isn't reaching their full potential, no, no matter how shiny they look to you, you may need to move on because you could really just be kissing a frog. Um, we've talked about detoxing your relationships. so what you need to do to get the negative out of your relationship. Yep. We've also talked about, what else do we have to talk about, there.
1: Okay. And this is a third topic we're really in here on here for a new topic, in the sense, for my show. Is what you allow and what will continue. So as you're setting up Things uh, in, in your relationship, the behavior that you set up for your partner, um, what that you're going to allow, how you're going to be treated, they're going to continue that in that same fashion, okay? And there's no reason for them to for you to expect that they would change that all of a sudden, okay? Because so what you allow, they're going to continue to do that.
0: Now, why is this important? Why why do I want to talk about this? Because if we're talking about frogs, if we're talking about getting toxic things out of our relationship, then we also need to talk about. How do you put boundaries in your relationship so that both parties treat each other well? How do you put up um, stop gaps or markers or switches that happen in your relationship when you feel something negative? How do you say, hey, this is a negative habit, and I don't want to have this in our relationship? Right. In addition, I'm saying that the flip of that is how do you set up the good habits that you do want and how long does it take to get those habits set up? Um, because, again, I really believe it's true that what you, how you start a relationship, how you you know how people say the first time you meet, first impressions are everything, yes. that people kind of consider you to be who they met the very first time that they meet you. So if there's a good impression, then that can go a long way to keep a relationship good. If there's a bad impression, then it's hard to turn that relationship around, right? Um, a practical thing to talk about is the dentist. Um, everyone remembers their first experience with the dentist. Mine happened to be a very good one. My mom started taking me to the dentist as a pretty little girl, you know, taking your teeth clean, different things being done. And because that dentist was a positive um, experience for me, I now think that the dentist is a positive experience. But you meet people all the time that have negative experiences with the dentist, and so they have a bunch of anxiety before they start, before they go to any dentist appointment. So my point is, it began either negative or positive, depending on which side of the fence you you find yourself on. And however that started, it continued because the habit of feeling a certain way about that experience continued throughout the relationship. And for me, I want you guys to know that that's true in marital relationships, that's true in dating, that's true in work relationships, that's true in um, professional relationships. So, like, if you go to a hairdresser and she routinely makes you wait for an hour, an hour and a half, and you let her do that five or six times, She'll continue to do that throughout the course of working with you, right? right. Why would she ever expect that
1: to change? Because at first, that first time, you didn't make a big deal of it, of it. It was no issue for you to wait an hour. So guess what? She's booking her appointments. It is an opportunity uh, to maybe she can make some more money by setting up an extra appointment in there. But you'd have to wait an hour. She's oh, don't worry about it. Jane's gonna be okay with that. She's always okay. She's her time is flexible. She's okay with that. Guess what? She's gonna have you possibly waiting in an hour every single time. You're like, hey, how come I'm the only one who has to keep waiting? Because from the from the get go, you never raise it up as an issue. Hey, you know what? My time is valued just like yours is. I had a five o'clock appointment, I need to be seen with the client within fifteen minutes. You know, I can understand sometimes you run a little bit over, but an hour that's just too long. If you say that from the beginning, that person knows that hairdresser knows, Oh, okay, this person values their time. Guess what? I need to be make sure I'm wrapping
0: up that other client in time to for that next scheduled appointment. And your experience will be different. Than other people. Um, my daughter and I go to a particular hairdresser. We have a couple. But I always begin with I don't really like to wait. I always begin with that. I don't want to be double triple booked. I don't want to sit under the dryer for 45 minutes. So you need to know that up front. And once I tell that to people, they either read themselves out or in my rotation, right? So once I tell that to people, then they'll say, maybe you want to get my first appointment. My first appointment happens to be at 8 a.m. on a Thursday, right? So then I kind of know we've both set a precedent for one another that I don't like to wait. And she's like, all right, I get you. But if you don't, then this is when you need to be here.
1: That's a great That's a great point. You made a good point. You set the standard. You let them know where you are at, and they, they in turn, do good job of communicating, I'm respecting what you're telling me, I'm acknowledging, I understand what you're telling me. In order for me to make that happen for you, here's what I need. That's what, part of a good relationship, right? Good, open communication. That's, that's a great That's a
0: great piece of that, having an open, honest communication. We're going to just keep going to examples so you guys know what we're talking about. Let's think about jobs. If you've ever worked a job and they've asked you to work overtime, that's not mandatory, but they've asked right. you to work overtime maybe five, six, seven, eight times in a row, and each and every time you say yes, the 12th time when they say, can you do it, and you say no, everybody's shocked.
1: But what? Johnny always takes overtime. How come he's saying no What's wrong? You know, because it's, it it's part of their plan at that point in time, right? For Eric said, 11th time you've always said yes, guess what? It's already put in the plan when thinking about doing a project on the weekend. Hey, we can put Johnny's name on it. Sign him up. Why? Because he always takes the overtime, and that's the expectation. Versus, if you say, you know what, every – uh, every quarter, I have a, a appointment every uh, for that for that Saturday um, that I can't work, or that Sunday, whatever the case may be, I can't work that particular time. We let the person know. Oh, okay. You letting them know what your schedule is. they know what to expect.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. If if someone does something long enough, they expect to be able to do it again and again and again and again. Yes, it's just what they expect. I'll give you another example. There um, did I have a favorite restaurant. At that favorite restaurant, we had a very good waiter a couple times. I yes. mean, two hundred dollar awesome. tip, great. I mean, awesome. we left him a. We were so satisfied with this guy, we left him a huge tip, right? Well, we went to the same restaurant, got a different server. <laughs> we had a totally different experience because that server had basically pampered us so well that we were accustomed to his treatment of us.
1: High expectation that he set up, right? So that was the expectation we had going back, right? She set the bar very high. So, whoa, it's worth let's go back. We want to experience that same level of service, but wasn't necessarily up to that
0: same standard. It was good, but was not up to that same standard as that first gentleman provided for us. Absolutely. But here's what's really funny. We kept expecting each and every server to live up to his expectations. Yeah. It almost took a year before we realized, oh <laughs> he was special, right? right. Right, he was that guy. Yeah, right. He was that guy that makes every. And I mean, we had like was it was like six of us. Yes, all yes. of us were like, whoa, uh, this is the best waiter we've ever had anywhere.
1: Hey, feedback on the dishes, no, this is good. This is the, the best we we'll Little actually made sure everything was came out piping hot the way you wanted it, whatever temperature you wanted. Everything, any special orders was done perfectly. He was on the money. Correct,
0: but he set a precedent. Um, a precedent in his behavior that led us to believe that everybody at that establishment would behave the same way. Right. And we tipped him so well that every single time we came back, he behaved the same way for us. Yes. Right? Yes. So it's a reciprocity. So when we get to our personal relationship, let's let's kind of trickle down to where we want to go. If we're dating someone and we begin to date them or we're in a long-term relationship with them and we don't Stop negative behaviors or applaud positive behaviors, then we're not going to get what we want in that relationship. So we need to set a precedent, each of us does, in how we allow or don't allow for someone to treat us and how we behave when we're in situations when people are treating us how we don't want to be treated or how we do want to be treated. Sure. So I, I really, and, and, and the reason this is important to me is I meet so many. Couples along the way, when we're speaking over um, all over the country, when I'm in my office, that say to me, um, Billy cheated on me. So I go, That's, you know, that's infidelity. That's a horrible situation. What happened there? So they'll tell me the story of how he cheated while they were married. And then I'll go, So you stayed with them. What was that about? And then they'll say, Now I want you to hear this really closely. This isn't the first time. Mm, okay. This is like the fourth or fifth time that he's done this. And each and every time I take him back, and each and every time he promises not to do it again, and each and every time he does it again.
1: So what does what
0: he saying? And then they look at me and say, what do you think I should do? Why is he treating me this way? And they'll tell me the story about how they met, however it is. Maybe they met at 17 in high school. Maybe they met at 24 at a job. Maybe they met while they were both in other relationships. It, it really doesn't actually matter how they met. What matters is, when you allow repetitive behavior to occur, people believe that it's okay to behave that way. Yes. Because what I often hear is each and every time the person apologizes, they cry, they beg, baby, baby, please don't go, it's my childhood, it's this, it's that, please don't let me go, right? And so if we believe, so I, we, we did a little research, and there's a book, my computer just went a little bit slow, that says that um, a habit is developed in 21 days. And this, this came from Maxwell Moss, M-A-L-T-Z, that wrote, wrote a book called Cyber Cybernetics. And in that book he talked about how long it takes to develop a habit, and it's thought that that habit could take 21 days. I did a little bit more research, and there are now people that say that a habit takes 66 days. So let's say a habit takes between 21 and 66 days to develop, but let's just go for 21 because that's popularly the belief that people have. Let's say you're with somebody for 10 years, and in the first year, forget the 21 days, in the first year, he or she does something to you one time, two times, three times, four times, five times, right? right. They've developed the habit of mistreating you, and you've developed the habit of allowing it. Later, when you want them to act a different way, what is the benefit of them acting that different way?
1: That's a good question because you're already allowing that, right? And there's no need, negative repercussions. If, if it's a negative habit, there no, hasn't been no negative repercussions for them doing that. So why would they change, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no, no, no negative feedback for them behaving like this at all, okay? Mm-hmm. Even though... There's no reason for it. You know, why why would I change this behavior mm-hmm. there's no negative there's no negative social it. to do it. and on this thing he said twenty one days that's really three weeks you know that's not a long time mm-hmm. right for, for if you say you start a relationship just starting dating some of the foundation
0: of that relationship the habit can be developed in the beginning of the relationship and in addition to that, most of these habits that people develop they develop before they got to you yes oh yeah absolutely Bob is forty he already had the habit of cheating right. He got with you, tested it out. You let him do it the first 21 days, the first 21 months. Let's give it 21 months, almost two years. You let him do it the first 21 months. He has so ingrained in him to do it that the energy that it would take to dig that out of his brain is more energy than he would want to expend. So he's going to keep doing that same thing. Mm, that's a
1: good one. That's a
0: good one. So what we have to learn to do is set a precedent of what we will allow and not allow, and you have to figure out. What are the things in your relationship that are um, deal-breakers? Right. Like what are, you, what are your non-negotiables? What's, your, what's the kind of thing that you have? No, there's no collateral on the planet that would allow those things to happen. Okay? When you begin to see those in your relationship, stop it immediately. Have a conversation immediately. Reject it immediately. Let me give you some examples. Um, I had a guy come to me. He had been married to his wife, and he was talking to me about how um, he had actually cheated on everybody else he ever dated. But when his girlfriend at the time, who later became wife, saw him flirting with somebody else in the beginning, she got up and walked out of the restaurant. Oh. Correct. She didn't argue with him. She didn't um, say, hey, I'm going to the bathroom and never got back. She stood up and said, you know what you just did, and she got up and walked out the restaurant.
1: But you see, This is not acceptable for me.
0: Correct. Correct, she's saying. Correct. If
1: it acceptable
0: for other people, that you ain't acceptable for her, this was not going to be acceptable. She made Correct. it very clear to him. And so he knew in that instant that she don't like this, right. and I can't do it. So she didn't even let it get to the cheating. He right. began with the flirting at the restaurant, she right there. and she was like, I already know where this is headed, and Correct. got up and walked out. And so maybe it's something a little slower than that. Maybe it's not adultery that, that gets on your nerves. Maybe it's being mean to you. Maybe it's in an argument when you have arguments and you all low blow one another, right? Mm-hmm. So somebody says, well, that's why you fat, and then you say, well, that's why you bald-headed, like whatever that's those true. things are. Or you, you pull out everyone, uh, each other's negative things. Once you start doing that, even if you apologize later, The first time you allow it, the second time you allow it, each and every time you all allow that behavior, you're setting a record in your your relationship that low-blowing each other and saying I'm sorry later is okay. Yes,
1: absolutely. It can be as simple as even name, calling someone out of their name. Hey, Bing, hey, Blank, hey, Blank, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. You're talking about the beginning of relationship. Someone calls you on the phone. Hey, Bing, you know, whatever, calling you out your name. For the first three weeks, you don't say anything. That person's feeling, hey, that's mm-hmm. why I talk to all females or whatever the case may be. So guess, guess what? You don't say anything, guess what? You should expect him to continue to do that a year, two years from now because you haven't said to the person, hey, whoa, that's not my name. You can't, I, I'm, you're not going to call me out of my name.
0: Oh, okay, I'm sorry.
1: I may do it to other people. I know, realizing at that point, I can't do that with you if I'm going to be a mm-hmm. relationship with you.
0: And everyone's personality is different. How you how you nip the bud in a positive way is up to you. Some people like to have long conversations about it. Some people don't. Some right. people just, hey, dude, yeah. I ain't got to talk about it. You know what you did. I'm out, right? right. Uh, some people want to educate another person. Well, let me tell you why this is negative. To so call me the N-word <laughs> is very negative. And let me take you back to slavery. And some people are like, dude, if you do that one again, you're going to lose your brain. You know, right. those types of things. How you do it, as long as it's, like, nonviolent, <laughs> is is up to you. But here's what I'm going to say. If you have to consistently educate someone on how to treat you, and they're conti- continuously treating you negative, this may be more work. You may have to put, like, sometimes right. you don't want to build a man. You want him to be already built. Right. Sometimes you don't want to make a female. Like, let me explain to you why. Bathing every day is important. Right. Let me explain to you why cleaning the house is important. Let me explain to you why new underwear every day is important. Right. If, if, that, if that's a habit that you can't take and you see it in the beginning, this may be when you need to exit.
1: This is too much
0: work. Too about. much work. Right. And, and some people, and, and like for whatever reason, some people mistreat other people. They don't know how to have healthy relationships. It could be because they didn't see them. It could be because they don't feel loved. It could be because they have low no self-esteem. But there reaches a time in your life where, whatever the reason, you don't want to always have to educate. So when we talk about um, stopping people and setting the precedent early, it should be about one or two things, not about, like, everything in the relationship, right? right. Um, let's give more examples. There are women that get married, and then they say, Dr. Noel, I want my husband to stop physically assaulting me. I go, okay, that's a horrible situation. What's the safety plan? How do you get out of it? Then they'll turn around and say, it started when we were dating. Hmm. So the, the the hard fact is that once someone is allowed to behave a certain way, whether they can or cannot stop themselves is, is their business, but for the most part people don't. Right. It's, it's going to be hard. once that habit has been set up.
1: And the, the part you saw talking about there with physical abuse, right, they, in their mind, you get into argument, it's occurred to a physical altercation. And that's the way it's been for, let's we'll say, in that situation, maybe, say, three years. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, okay, we want to stop that.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: not going to be necessarily easy for that person, possibly, right, to make that change. Because what? For three years, this has been acceptable in that mm-hmm. relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. Here's the funny part. People really do feel entitled to behave however they want to. And they'll say things like, well, this is who I am, or she never said anything before. Or it was never a problem before now. Why is it a problem today? Or I treated other women like this, and they still love me. How come she is not okay with it? Or he um, has always expected me to clean up, and I've never cleaned up. Why do I have to clean up now? Like, even though we evolve in our lives and we have different expectations at some point, you also have to realize that people have some things that are embedded so deeply in them that they refuse to change it. Because you can change any habit. Sure. I mean, we used to all have the habit of going potty in our diaper. Most of us <laughs> don't have that habit anymore. And when you're a little girl, little boy, you don't even imagine that you would never have that habit. Sure. But you have it.
1: Right. I mean, like you mentioned, a lot of this stuff can come up through just upbringing, right? Mm-hmm. Some families grew up, you know what? The family eats together at 6 o'clock, everybody's home for dinner. Right? Some families grew up, it was never a family, and everybody just to their own thing, whatever it could be. So somebody mm-hmm. coming to a list, of, you know it's important to me. We're supposed to be getting together for dinner every night. It's a part of the foundation of a family what we do. Some people are like, I never even thought about it. It's not It's not important to me. Never thought about it. Never really on my mind even to have that type of family gathering at nighttime. But guess what? Two different expectations, two different experiences coming to, together, okay? But you got to communicate to, hey, here's my expectation. Here's my expectation. I have that discussion on that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, some families have a habit of meeting up for all the holidays. Some families mm-hmm. don't. Um, some families grow up, well, I always grew up where I took my shoes off at the front door. Like, I never walked in my house with shoes. One day, I brought a friend home from school, and she was walking to my house with shoes on. What are you doing? And my mother, like, flipped the top of her head off. Like, it's, like, it's flipped wide open. She's like, who does that? Who doesn't know to take off their shoes? You're tracking dirt from all around, you know. But that girl said, oh, I don't even take a month at home. right. Right. Some people do that. You know, and it would have been her habit her entire life, right? But let me say this, to stay with me and hang with me, her new habit at our home was that she had to take off her shoes. So she didn't have to do it at her house. Right, do whatever you want in your house. If you come to my house hang out, I'm asking you to take off your shoes at the front door. Absolutely. And these are things that are important to know about what you can tolerate, how people were brought up, especially in these long-term relationships. Get to know a person before you bay up with them. Get yes. to know who they are. Because it's important if they had a two-family, a two-parent home. Yes. It's important if they knew both of their parents. It's important if they were educated or not education, educated. It's important if they grew up, let's say, West Coast or if they grew up in Alaska, right? There could be different practices. Yes. It's important if You have a dream, I want to get married and move to the ocean, and this guy grew up in the desert and the ocean is not the place for him to be. All of these things are important, and they help for you to understand what habits does this person already have. It's important if they saw a lot of trauma and violence in their lives before they got married. Love does not conquer all, not in in relationships. It It doesn't take away everything. You can love somebody and they can still have habits that are toxic Toxic and damaging for, for you and for themselves. And you have to, you know, one of the things they're not talking about every week is have conversations before you make a long term commitment to anybody.
1: That is so, so, so important, folks. Having that conversation, understand what you're getting into before you make any kind of serious commitment. Understand what people are coming for, understand what their mindset is at. Because guess what? People go back to really who they are, right? Only you have that first dating and things of that nature. But in the background, it's, you know, the first couple of weeks, first couple of months, maybe you never had an argument, right? It never came up. But in the back of the mind, someone can say, you know what, came from a, a family that had, fam- had, had a family abuse or domestic abuse. And when the arguments happen, it, it turns that way. But you never experienced that. Okay, you never talked about it because there's never an argument in the But once six in your relationship, an argument happened, and then there's a physical altercation. Well, wait a minute. Well, we never talked about it, but that's my experience. That's be. That's my experience from, from my home life. Whoa, wait a minute. But if you had to talk about that, hey, how was going on? Well, you know, in, in month two, okay, you know, even though you you personally haven't had an argument in your relationship, hey, you know what, when you tell them I have some domestic violence in my background, oh, that's a red flag in your mind. Okay, okay. And you can decide to continue that. You know, you have discussion about that. That's not going to be a our relationship or however you want to handle it. But have a conversation.
0: And, and here's another thing. Why this is important is when you are connected with someone long-term, you have children with them, you you overlap fundage, I mean, all these things you do together, then all of these little idiosyncrasies begin to come out. They begin to come out. It matters if, you know, maybe you think somebody is spicy, but the rest of the world views that person as combative, right? So they're spicy while you're in love. They're spicy the first year of marriage. Fifth year of marriage, you know what? She's combative, right? (laughs) And you start to realize what that really means. And so that's why I said it's very important. And if you're passive and she's combative, that matters long term. That matters 20 years in marriage when a parent has to come live with you. How does it look then? Sure. That matters if he or she never had parents at the house. Your parents have always been intact. They always told you to get a room for me at the house, right? So if something happens when I get older, I can live with you, right? So your dream is always to bring your parents to live with you. But maybe your wife or your husband never even had parents in the house. So the idea of another fully functional set of adults being in one home with them, it's hard. Yes, no experience. It matters if your family gets together all the time for barbecues, fish fries, clam bakes, um, bake sales. They all come to the house. People think they can get, come to the house, sleep in sleeping bags, stay for a week or a month, and your spouse doesn't think anybody should maybe spend the night at the house and nobody should stay past midnight. All of these things matter. Yes. And if you set the habit of, okay, when I first dated you in college, Nobody was ever to spend the night because I was okay with it. But now I've moved back home with my parents or back in the city where my friends are, and now I want to change that habit. Even though we set a rule when we were living somewhere else, now when we get here, I feel like I should be able to change the rule. Doesn't necessarily happen that easily like that, Mm -hmm. right? It matters if you find out that um, your spouse um, doesn't share well, and that's an issue with you. And then you have kids, and they – Really want to be shared with because they have to be, and you, that person can't do it because they're too selfish to do it. All of these things matter, so that's why no problem is really a small problem. When you see an issue in the beginning, you've got to start having conversations to say, hey, what does this play out? What does this look like in your head long term? I remember asking Darren if something ever happened to me and I couldn't work, would you pay a bill? Mm-hmm. Because that matters to me, right? And and there's things that matter to me that don't matter to to you guys in the listening audience. So whatever those things are that matter to you, when you're in a relationship, try to establish where that person stands with them. But let's say you're all past that. You're married. uh, You're in a long-term relationship. And you've let habits go a long time. And you've never tried to correct them. What do you do now?
1: So now, for whatever reason, you say, you know what, I don't want these to continue, even though I have in the past. I'm looking to make a change. For whatever reason, just some self-evaluation, went to a conference and realized, hey, this is not necessarily the ideal situation. You say, you know what, I want to make a change here. That's what we're talking about, right?
0: Yep. To make that change, you have to review yourself and see what you're bringing to the table. You have to make a cost-benefits analysis of what's happening in your relationship, which battles do you want to fight now or not fight now. Um, Is overspending an issue and you're finding out that somebody's a huge spender And now you're 50, and now retirement makes a difference, and you let it go for years, but now all of a sudden you say, babe, we have to stop making those trips to the mall. We have to work on our spending. So how do you do this? You make this cost-benefits analysis spreadsheet. You tell your partner, and you know how they communicate because you're married to them and we're not. And you say, hey, can I have a conversation with you? Can we talk about these things? And And I want you to acknowledge, I let some things slide for a very long time because at that moment, I don't know if it didn't matter. I was afraid, whatever those issues are. But now I want to talk about it.
1: And even the talking about it can be an opportunity or a challenge because maybe you never had a history of talking about things. Some couples, you know, they don't talk about the difficult issues, right, or the, the, the questionable issues, you know. They don't talk about we need to have a savings fund. We just keep spending. spending. We never talk about, you know what, how much are we going to spend we talk about retirement, how much are we putting away for retirement, okay. We never, they never talk about those things for whatever reason. But now, you start getting older, we need to have that conversation. So, how are you going to have that, that communication into your relationship if you never had it? Okay, that's be a challenge to yourself. Or if you haven't established a pattern, how do you communicate with about topics that may not be easy to talk to? Okay? So, you can't just say, we need to sit down and have a formal meeting. We've been married for 20 years, we never had a sit down formal meeting ever talk about anything. Okay, so that may be, that may throw somebody from a loop. So how do you normally, just kind of start off with, how do you normally communicate? with well, hey, you, we we're talking about we're driving to work with this chit-chat or something like that. Hey, you talking about something. So don't, don't I guess, throw a, a separate uh, red flag at them where you say we've never had a formal meeting. Let's have a formal meeting, talk about something, another major change. Whoa, okay? So even that can be an opportunity.
0: And you also know if you need a mediator. Know, you know, if you need your pastor involved. You're free, like whoever you're religious with, right. know if you need a therapist, know, know what you need, but figure out a way to start the conversation to broach the topic so you don't have to kind of develop resentment. But here's what not to do. You can't wait 20 years to say something and then say, now that I'm saying it, I've had enough, I want a divorce. Right. Because I see that a lot. I, and it's not a laughing matter. I see no. it so much, 15 years, 10 years, and then one day they say, they just wake up, they've had enough, and they're gone.
1: I've never mentioned it to you before. i never made any comments and about I mean,
0: and... it And I mean, seriously mentioned it, not just laughed about it, like, hey, way to go spending all the money. No, not that, but right. I actually never really said, babes need to talk about the way our finances are going.
1: That's a serious topic. You know,
0: so I want you to make sure that you know that what you allow is what will continue. We haven't even broached the subject of, of children, right? I mean, how many times have we seen that kid that, that's at the grocery store and they're bawling out their parent? The parent is yelling and screaming only in public but never does anything at home, right? right. I mean, and this can apply to any relationship. Whatever you allow is what will continue.
1: Or well, you see teenage kids yelling and cursing out their parents. Oh, they didn't just start at 13. You know, I'm sure when they were younger, they were yelling at parents and the, and the father didn't I'll say, hey, no, you'll talk to your mother. you follow like that, right?
0: Because we've all seen on Facebook where somebody's kid is using foul language, and they think oh, yeah. it's cute, right? Oh yeah, look at this. So he's eight years old, cursing out his mother, cursing out his father. Everybody's smiling. What? Mm-hmm. Right? But then it looks really different at eighteen. Looks, very
1: different. looks really
0: different at forty, and you're sixty-five, and they're caretaking for you. Yes. Looks really different at fifty, and they're thirty and they can't make it in life because you never gave them boundaries or set a precedent for them to act appropriately. And so this is, this is what the issue is. Some of these things that seem really little, like they won't be a problem, like maybe your boyfriend didn't start off hitting you. Maybe he pushed you and he laughed about it. Mm. Maybe you all were play fighting. I see couples that do that. We used to play fight. I never thought he'd hit me. Maybe you were doing um, sex really roughly, and you told him beat me, right, during that portion, and then he can't shut it off, and he lets it spill over to somewhere else. And then people go, well, I wasn't expecting him to do that, but you let him do it in a different area, so he felt like he could bring it out of that area. You know, so these are just things to think about for your relationship. If you need extra help, you can call our office six three zero four two eight two three four four. 630-428-2344. Thanks, folks, and make it a great week. Bye-bye.